Alright, so here we are, episode 6.5. 6. 6.deuce. <laughs> 6. 6.whatever. Um, our great recording from yesterday um, decided to prep the bed. So we have to do this over. All those great topics, all that great material we had, and um, nothing. Yeah, so replay. It was a dress rehearsal for today. So it's Groundhog Day. That's Groundhog Day. So we're outside again. We're in a different location. We're not at James' house today. We're over at uh, Norm's, Norm's house. house. Yeah. So whatever. Uh, you got better cheers. patio furniture than me. <laughs> cheers, cheers, brother. Yeah. <laughs> mm. Kicking it off. So we started off with um, greatest sports comebacks. Comebacks. All right. Of all time, and I know. I know you got a good list because yeah. well, I heard it yesterday. <laughs> yeah, that's right. That's right. I mean, I got a couple of them. I mean, first you you think about great comebacks. You think about a series, and then we could talk about a couple of games. But I mean, one of the greatest comebacks for me, obviously, being a Sox fan, is Sox coming back from 03 against the Yanks. I mean, no one had ever done that. No one has done it yet in uh, baseball until that point. 2004, the Sox come back and, and win that one. What a great, great. That's 2004, comeback. right? 2004. Yeah. yeah. And uh, the, if I remember right, they're down in the ninth inning. Yep. Were they home? They were at home, yeah. Yeah. And um, somehow Roberts gets a pinch run from first base. Who gets on? Millar walks. Okay. So they pinch run uh, Millar and they put Dave Roberts in. And everybody in the world knows he's stealing because he's Is a fast he guy. He's a Dodgers manager right he's now. He's a Dodgers manager right, right. now. That's okay. correct. They had gotten him from San Diego. And everybody in the world knows he's going to steal. And he steals on the first pitch. And he makes it by like that much. You I know? remember it was close play. Yeah, it was like a bang-bang play. And then the next batter was a guy named Bill Miller. And he's probably the only guy in the league that did well against Mariano Rivera. And he got a single that tied it up. And that thing went to like 13 or 14 innings. And David Ortiz hit a two-run dinger and won it. Big poppy. In, in game four, yeah. And then I, I just remember game seven, I think, was in the Bronx. Game seven was in the Bronx. It was game four and five in Boston. And it six was a blowout. And it was a blowout. They beat him like 12-3 or something. Johnny Damien had two homers. One was a grand salami. Yeah. Uh, they, were, they just crushed him. It was just like 86 years of frustration came out in one game. Man. And it was, it was like, beautiful. You think about it. Of all things, right, uh, is, is that – did you say that's the only series, 3-0 series, baseball-wise? Baseball-wise, that's correct, yeah. Wow. And of all things, the biggest rivalry in The baseball. biggest rivalry. I mean, if you're going to break a curse, that's how you break that curse. And to do it in the Bronx for Game 7. Beautiful. That's, that's amazing. That yep. was awesome. Yeah. And uh, I, ju I just enjoyed that. The thing was, it was so anticlimactic when they go and play uh, the Cardinals. And the Cardinals were great that year. Yeah, and it was just like... And they was, just blew through them like nothing. nothing. They beat them 4 nothing. It was like the worst World Series. Yeah. I mean, great for Great for Sox. Red Sox fans. Yeah, but it was just like, it yeah. would have been like so like the Sox. Finally get through that curse of the Yankees to go and blow that series. I remember right after they beat the Yankees and uh, Don Shaughnessy, who's a Boston writer, said, hey, the curse ain't over yet until you win the World Series. That's the curse. And uh, good point. Right. And they just kicked the Cardinals' butt. It was great. Was 03 Boone year? Yeah. Yes, it was. Yeah. They went to extra innings in that game, too. And Tim Wakefield came in in relief, knuckleball, and yeah, Brett Boone, Brett, no, was it Brett Boone? Aaron Boone? Aaron, Aaron Boone. Boone, yeah. Hit a so dinger and that was it. The He's the Yankees now. coach now, yeah. 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 So uh, my, my biggest, well, my obscure favorite comeback was last year. I think it was a Friday night football game, a Pac-10 game, Pac, whatever they are now, Pac-12. Mm -hmm. And uh, it was UCLA with Chip Kelly as yeah. the coach yeah. against Washington State. And I'm um, in this football pool, and um, I picked Washington State because I love Mike Leach. I follow him on Twitter. Yeah. He's a great follow. He's yeah. just a, a kooky guy. He is a kooky guy. His post-game speeches, pre-game speeches, <laughs> he's, he's just the best. He's the guy who who's like, he celebrates Pirate Day, right? Yeah. yeah. He's a nut job. And he's Mississippi State now, right? Yes. Yeah, so he moved out uh, down there. But, you know, I just love the guy. I love his... And they're blowing out. They're blowing him out. They're up like 30-some points on UCLA. And Chip Kelly, the third quarter, just starts this comeback. And it's typical offense, and they can't stop him. Mm. They're getting turnovers, this and that. They come back from 30 points down, win the game in overtime. It was in the 60-something. I think it was like 65, 63, something like wow. that. It was a crazy score. Yeah, yeah. And, uh, you know, it, and I was bummed because I wanted, you know, 
the Washington State to win, and I think it was at Washington State, too. Oh. Game didn't end until like 2.30 in the morning. It was a great comeback. And then I was thinking of the other one was, you know, obviously the Super Bowl. Pats. Yeah, Pats in Atlanta. Pats Atlanta where, uh, was it, what the hell is the game? I, I keep wanting to call that guy Dan Snyder. I forget what the coach's name in Atlanta. Uh, oh, I can't think of that guy. Which, ironically, uh, I'm watching last night. They had Florida Louisville Sugar Bowl. Did you see that at all? It was on TV? No, not that Florida, one. I, I saw Nebraska Florida last night. It yeah, was so a this, blowout game. This was like 2013 Sugar Bowl. And uh, that guy was the defensive coordinator. Moose Camp was the head coach of Florida. Uh-huh. And uh, the guy that ended up going to Texas was the head coach of Louisville. Louisville blows him out. It was uh, Teddy Bridgewater was quarterback. Okay. But, um, you know, that was um, just a uh, – what I'm thinking about. What the hell? Where was I going with that? Come back. Oh, come back. Yeah, the Atlanta. But then, then there's uh, the, the, he was the defensive coordinator, the Atlantic – whoever's Atlanta's coach now. But he just kept passing the ball. And I'm like, you've got this huge Oh, lead. I know. I mean, why not work the clock? One of the other great comebacks from like you know, nearly 30 years ago now was our boy Frank Wright, our yeah. former offense coordinator. You know, Bills Oilers playoff game. Jim Kelly goes down. Frank Wright steps in, leads a huge comeback. Yep. And Frank Wright, you know, he did the same thing in college. You know, when he played for Maryland, Maryland had a great comeback against the U, the U and Miami, brought them yeah. back. So I mean, he was known for his great comebacks. There are two good ones right there. Um, another one you had mentioned was. You know, the Flyers are down 0-3 against the Bruins in the playoffs. That was a so, great you know, one. do on to others. You know, the Red Sox did it to the Yankees. Well, the Flyers did it to Boston. And and that game, Game 7, is in Boston. Flyers go down 3-0 in that game. Early on in the first period, they go down 3-0. LaViolette calls the timeout. He's pointing at the clock. He's got the guys all around the bench. keeps pointing. This is early. And they come. We can come back from this. Yeah. And he made those guys believe he was just such a great coach. Yeah. Yeah, that and was those soft-ass players got him fired. Yeah, you know, he, he was, was like, a great coach. And it was another one. We had a great coach. Uh, it was a, I'm not a comeback, but the Flyers had a great coach in the 80s. Um, he ended up being the Rangers coach when they won the Stanley Cup. Mike something. Uh, I can't remember his name. But anyway, he, he was too hard on Lindros, and they rode him out of town. You know, oh, like, poor guy, huh? Yeah. You know, it's just these guys that... Yeah. Uh, great comebacks. Yeah, that's yeah. a good one, man. That was it. It's a good, good category. Um, so then, what about um, our brushes with greatness? Brushes with God. You had a couple good ones. Yeah. So uh, I, you know, when my mom passed away, before she passed away, she took us all down to uh, Orlando for Disney World. She took the whole outer extended family, paid for it all. And um, we're flying down there, and Sue and I, right in front of us, in the seat right in front of us, is Dr. J. Nice. Yeah, and we were not in first class. Yeah. And he, you know, he had the window seat, of all things. Oh, poor. And uh, the seat next to him was empty, and then it was me, other window seat. And, and it was like, you know, the whole time. And my brother-in-law, you know, Jim. He, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> he comes by, hey, Dr. J. I'm like, I know, he's right in front of us. <laughs> and it's like... Um, but it was kind of cool. The whole plane was full, then they brought him on. So at the time, he got a job, you know, when the whole Orlando Magic thing, uh-huh. right? So there was that Philly connection down there, Pat Williams. Pat Williams, yeah. Gukas right. was the coach. Gukas, yeah, Matty Gukas, yeah. And so they had that whole, and somehow Dr. J got some kind of... Uh, Advisor role or something, something. maybe? And, and so I guess he was going back and forth to okay. Orlando at the time. But I remember he got off the plane and... Uh, he was just standing there, and you know, it's like one of those moments where you're like deciding whether or not you should say something or let him go. Sure. And I was just like, you know what? Let it go. I'm like, hey, yeah. Doc, kept walking. You yeah. know, yeah. it's just one of those things. A lot and of then, times, those guys appreciate that. You know, you know, they, they they get bugged so often. Yeah. You know. Well, I got a couple brushes with, uh, if you want to say, brushes with grace, greatness, uh, uh, and one of them actually involves you. But I'll tell you the first one. The first one was. I had just gotten out of college and I was working this job as a salesman and we were doing a, you know, uh, one of those, you know, what do they call you, get together and you have all the, the company there and you got the booths and everything like that. Trade um, show. Right, right, trade show. And we're having it at the DuPont Pavilion and DuPont Pavilion had just opened up, you know, it's on a track so it's in a circle and all these booths and they had some local, local Philly sports heroes. Uh, they had Raleigh Massimino, obviously, there from Villanova. They had uh, Tug McGraw, 
who I really wanted a picture with, Mike Quick. And, of course, then they had, from the Flyers, they had Joe Watson. Now, I'm not a big Flyers guy. I'm not a big hockey guy. You know that. Yeah. But, I mean, the, the, the hockey guys just seem to have it right, man. They're down-to-earth good dudes. So it was me and this other young guy. We're both out of college, and he was a huge Flyers fan, huge hockey fan. And he saw Joe Watson. He was so excited. He said, i got to get his picture. Got his I was like, we'll get him over. We'll get, a, get his picture. So, sure enough, we get him over. Hey, Joe, can we take a picture? Sure, sure. He, you know, he wants to take a picture, and I'm taking a picture. And he says to me, he goes, do you want to get in here? I was like, no, that's okay. I, he's a big fan. He goes, well, you're not a big fan? I was like, I was like, well, to be honest with you, Joe, I said, when I was a kid, I, I was a Boston Bruin fan. This guy, like, nearly busted. He busted out laughing in my face. And he's like, Boston? <laughs> and he starts pointing to his Stanley Cup championship ring. Here's your Boston right here, pal. So I take the picture. The rest of the day, now, it's on a track in DuPont Pavilion, so the, suit, the stars are walking around talking to everybody, and it didn't matter if he was two people deep or ten people deep, he would make sure I saw him. He'd go, hey, Boston! Point to his ring. That's on you, pal! There you go! And I would just laugh, and the whole time he's like busting my stones, and the guy I'm with is getting jealous because he was such a Flyers fan. He's like, how come he keeps talking to you? I was like, well, he's kind of busting my stones. At the end of the event, he comes up to me. He goes, you know what, Boston? He goes, I've been busting your stones all day. You've been a pretty good sport about it. He goes, how about that picture? Let's get a picture together. I said, all right. And as we're about to take the picture, he takes off his ring. He goes, here, why don't you hold that for the picture? He goes, that's the closest a Bruins got to that ring. <laughs> he was such a good guy. You know, we also got a picture with Raleigh Mass, who was a great guy. But uh, my other story that the one kind of involves you uh, is with Larry Anderson. Now, there was a year that me and you kept going down to the Phillies game. Oh, yeah. And if you remember, the announcers like have an open-air booth. So if you're walking by, you could talk to them. Right. And there'd be Larry Anderson, and, and I'd always start, hey, Larry, all that stuff. Now, if you remember, Larry Anderson, near the end of his career, at one time was on Houston and got traded to the Red Sox. Just for the end of the year, they were making a playoff push. Yeah. And they got, he got traded for a, a, a pick to be named later, a, a young prospect. Well, that young prospect ended up being Jeff Bagwell. No way. So every time I would go by Larry Anderson, I'd start bringing, hey, Larry, I'm a Sox fan. You got traded to the Sox? Yeah, yeah, I did. That's right. I said, you got traded for some prospect. I said, whatever became of that guy? And he was about to shrug. I said, oh, that's right, Jeff Bagwell. That worked out for us. So every time we went down that year, I would start that story with him. And by about the fourth or fifth game that we had done that, he'd be like, you again? You again? So fast forward a couple years later, and the Phils are playing the Sox in Fenway. And me, my brother, and Eddie go up there, and we didn't get tickets. We were at the Caskin flag and watched the game. After the game, all the Philly fans come flooding into this bar, and who comes in? Larry Anderson. Yeah, of course. So I just got done telling my brother that story. He goes, there he is. got to go over and say it again. So I was like, I'll be right back. So I go up to him like, hey, Larry. And I go into the whole story, and I'm just about to say, Jeff Bagwell, he looks at me. He goes, what, did you follow me up here? You again? <laughs> and he goes, you're a real ball buster. You drove up here just to bust my stuff. So I'm like, I'm just in town. But he, another good guy. And he's like, oh, man, I can't believe it's you again. So That's awesome. He, uh, he used to... I went out for a Chicago series. I think I told you this story where um, Scott Rowland's there. Yeah, Phillies yeah, yeah. played the Cubs, right? And so we're out there the whole weekend, and where the Phillies booth was, you could go up to it. And we handed him a note every day, and he, you know, during the broadcast, hey, we got the guys from the barn in Ben Salem up here. Right. There's a bunch of guys I want to give a shout out to, and he gave, he would roll off all our names, <laughs> and. Uh, but as you said, Larry Anderson is a throwback guy that will go out to the bar. Yeah. And, um, you know, he came over, there was a beer. We didn't really get to him, but he was over there in that bar. It was like right across from Wrigley. Have you been to Wrigley? Yeah. Uh, it's one of my favorite Cubby places. Bears? Was that the Cub bar yet? Is that it? Where Cubby they... Bears is like the popular one. It's, 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 like right... it's right across from that big entrance where it says Wrigley Field, the red sign. Yes, yes, yes. Right across is it's like Cubby Bears. Right? Yep, Doug, Cubby, Cubby well, Bears. Upstairs, if it's the same bar, upstairs they had pitching machines. Oh, really? Yeah. And we were like, you know, we're drinking all day, you know, watching the game. It was a Friday afternoon game. And we go up, we go upstairs there, and they're betting me that whether or not I can hit a 90-mile-an-hour fastball at the pitching machine. <laughs> ten, <laughs> good. Ten balls. You know, so it's ten balls. I'm, like, fouling them off one at a time. But uh, I finally stroked one. But, uh, you know, it's tough with a pitching machine at 90 miles an hour. That's fast. Because you can't really see the arm, yeah. you know, and that's the whole thing is seeing the arm release. Yeah. And it's just that, you know, and it comes fast. Oh, 90s man. fast, man. Yeah, so, but that's, yeah. that's a good one. And then my, my, my last, uh, 
touch with uh, greatness. I, I told you the story, but it's, um, you know, I, I won an award for my company. It was at the end of this meeting. Oh, We're all yeah. down there in Florida, and, uh, you know, they, they tell me at, like, 4.30 in the afternoon, uh, for being the number one director, you know, you're going to throw out the first pitch at tonight's game. Uh, so we had box, we had a box for the Clearwater Threshers, or the Phillies, you know, the Phillies organization. And, um, you know, there's about eight, ten thousand 10,000 fans. We had the booth up there, and um, so they take me there, you know, I'm drinking all the little bit of time when I find out at 4.30 till getting there at the game, I think the game down there, I think they started at like 6.30. Mm -hmm. They were like early starts, they weren't 7.05 or 7.30, it was like 6.30 start. So I'm pounding beers as quick as I could. I'm like, you know, trying to get the nervousness of having to throw out the first pitch. And um, they take me, they come up to the booth and they're like, hey, you know, uh, who's the guy throwing out the first pitch tonight? They're like, ah, there the he drunk is. Drunk guy. There he is. It's and the drunk like, guy. Oh, that's me. And they, the, the guy's like, is this the guy going to bounce it? And they're all like, so they're all going to videotape. Obviously, they don't know you. Everybody from my work's going to videotape it and everything. So they take me down into the dugout. And who's doing a rehab assignment but Chase Utley? Nice. Yeah. Hey, beautiful. Well, hello there. How you doing? And uh, out comes the dog. Hello, dog. Grab that beer. <laughs> so, um, I'm gonna. I get to throw out the first pitch. Nice. And um, you know, I'm standing there, and and so I asked the guy that brought me down, "Hey, there's Chase Utley. You know, can I get a picture taken with him?" Like, well, I don't like it if you bother the guys before the games, but eh, what the heck? So I hand him my BlackBerry. I run over, and um, here comes Chase off the field, and I'm like, "Hey, Chase, you got a second for a quick picture?" He said, "Sure." So I got the picture with Chase That's up. Great. Yeah, That's great. That's good. So there's Susie. What's Hi, up Susie. there, Miss Sue? She's not happening. Stand hey, off Sue, quiet. I, I was just telling Jimmy the story of when we, you know, we were doing a thing on Touch with Greatness. Do you remember that Dr. J was right in front of us on the plane flying back from Orlando? You don't remember Dr. J? I don't. She doesn't know Dr. J. What is he, a foot doctor? No. Remember when no, my mom no. took us down there to the flight? And Dr. J was in the seat in front of us. And, uh, I don't remember. I'm sorry. She doesn't know who Dr. Dr. J. Is he at Abington or is he Jefferson? He's at the same hospital now. Okay, that's that. So, um, let's do overrated, underrated. All right. Sports rivalry. Oh, okay. All right. So well, for me, I mean, for, you know, to go, I, I can't say grab, that any college rivalry is uh, is underrated because, you know, it means so much to whoever's involved in those things. Uh, but as far as overrated, there's a lot of, for me, uh, pro sports that are kind of overrated for rivalries. And the first one, and I know you're not going to agree with this one, is Eagles-Cowboys. The Cowboys aren't our rivals. We hate them. Everybody hates them. But our true rival are the Giants. You know, and you ask some of the old-timers, and they'll tell you that. Hey, long before the Cowboys came into existence, it was always a giant. Chuck Bednarik and Frank Gifford. He didn't knock out Roger Staubach. He knocked out Frank Gifford. So, I mean, yes, we hate the Cowboys, and rightfully so. They're a bunch of pompous jerks. But, I mean, they're not really our rival. And if you ask a Cowboys fan, they'll say, no, our rival are the Redskins. So, I don't think that's, I think that's an overrated rival. Yeah, the Cowboys' rivalry is with the Redskins. And I told you I took that tour down there. And got to pee on the uniform of the Marcus Ware. <laughs> Good. <laughs> Too bad it wasn't Michael Irvin. <laughs> yeah, right. Well, they didn't have that 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 outfit wasn't out at that time. But um, I mean, I I hate the Cowboys, yeah. so it's always going to be a rivalry for me. Um, the Giants and that whole when you go back to uh, there wasn't that many teams in the NFL at that time because yeah. you know you had I don't even know if the AFL existed then. Did it? No, it didn't. Yeah, but it was geographic. Right. And so it made it, so it was you know, that class east-west. Yeah. So when we beat the Giants in that game, yeah. that was the infamous Chuck Benarek knocks Chuck out Benarek. Frank. Yeah. And, uh, yeah. and then they go on in 1960 and beat uh, the, the Packers. Packers with Frank the only time he lost in, in, the, uh, in the championship. championship. Right? Yeah. So, yeah, and then you think about all the miracle in the Meadowlands. There's the one where uh, Herm Edwards picks it up and runs it in, and then you think about the Deshaun Jackson returning that punt. You know, so yep, yep. You know, and both of those meant something. 
You know, like the one with uh, Herm Edwards got us into the playoffs, yeah. and, it, and there was a dry spell there for the Eagles. And the same thing with Deshaun Jackson. That got us into the playoffs. So you're overrated as Eagles-Cowboys. Eagles-Cowboys for me is overrated. I absolutely. It's just the hate. It's the I, I, Philadelphia blue-collar town. Oh, yeah. Well, Cowboys I don't all showy, think yeah, we're America's I don't disagree team. about the hate, but, you know, if the other team don't think you're a rival, is it a rival? So my overrated is uh, the first one. I went all college football this you know. Okay. <laughs> my overrated would be Minnesota-Michigan. They play for the Little Browns. <laughs> they play for everything in a Big Ten. <laughs> Every I'm, game's for something. I'm like, to, to Minnesota, that might mean something. I know Minnesota-Wisconsin, right? What do they yeah. play for? The uh, axe. An axe. Paul Bunyan's uh, axe or something. Paul Bunyan's pretty big in the Big Ten. There's a, there's a couple of Paul Bunyan dudes. One's a, one's a thing of Paul Bunyan. Then they got his axe. Somebody else has got his ox. But they should play us for the ride home. If you lose, you got to walk. Yeah, right. Make it real. But, uh, you know, to, to Michigan, that's not a rivalry. Mm-hmm. It's like Michigan's rivalry is Ohio State. State. Or Michigan State. It's a, it's a, a little bit Michigan because they're in state. You yeah. know what I mean? Yeah. I don't, you know, Michigan's always, Michigan State's always been the little brother. Yeah, They've don't tell their... that to Mark D'Antoni. I know, I know. <laughs> Good coach. Did he walk away this year? Yeah, he retired. Jesus. He retired. They're going to go. That program's going to go downhill. Yeah, he's the one who made it. He sustained it. Got it up and sustained it. And he said he was going to do that. Well, what's his name was there? The, uh, the guy that went to LSU was there for a little bit. Nick Saban. Yeah, yeah, he was great there for about five years. Right. And he had him really going. But then, you know, like most people at some of these programs, they get good. They get a better offer. Right. And that's what happened. He went at LSU. All right, my other overrated, and you'll de- you will definitely disagree with this one, but it's just because my hate for Notre Dame, but USC Notre Dame. Yeah, no, I don't, I, I, I don't like Notre Dame, period. But, I mean, the thing about Notre Dame is everybody supposedly is their rival. You know, and that is a good rivalry, though, because that kind of opened up East and West playing each other, even though they're from Midwest and West. You know, so you got to go way back to the days of Newt Rockney and, He's the one who kind of got, that's why so many people like Notre Dame. They would go travel and play against a lot of these teams. And I give them credit for going out to the West Coast and say, hey, let's get ties out there. So, uh, yeah, I kind of disagree with that one. The best recruits every year. They do. They do. And it's because of that they would travel to the West Coast, down to the ACC, down south, to the Northeast, and play Army and all those guys. So, yeah. So, yeah, they I mean, but USC's rivalry is... U- UCLA, UCLA, that's crosstown. I mean, the geographic rivalries, that's why I don't want to ever, like, kind of downplay any of them. You look at some of these geographic rivalries, you know, I miss Pitt-Penn State. They played the last four years, heated rivalry. Then you look at, you know, border wars, you know, Georgia-Florida, Oklahoma, That's Texas. my underrated, that's one of my underrated, yeah. Georgia-Florida. Nebraska-Oklahoma, which don't play them. I mean, those are tremendous. I mean, year-round, those states, they hate each other, you yeah. know. Oregon, Oregon State. I mean, I, to me, that don't mean anything, but up there, I'm sure oh, it means yeah. everything. Arizona, Arizona State. Yeah, Washington, Washington State, any of those It's like, states. how many times have those schools, because we don't really pay too much attention to mm-hmm. the Pac-12 in the West, mm-hmm. but how many times has it come down to Washington, Washington State, Oregon, Oregon State, or one of them's like that uprising school that's undefeated, yeah. Arizona, Arizona State, and it's like the other team just upsets them. Yeah. You know? yeah, and that's what—that's a great robbery. You don't care. Yeah. Hey, they could be ranked number one, and we could be over as long as we beat them. That's our year. You know, man. back in the days when the polls mattered, where yeah, you know, you were like, oh my god, all right, USC's playing UCLA. Well, this is gonna be a walking park, and then UCLA upsets them. Upsets them, yeah. And then or one of those years, Arizona State, Arizona. One of them was like, you know, right up there, and gonna go for the national championship, and then the other one upsets them. How about during the '90s? How many great teams at Ohio State have go into Michigan? During the 90s, and Michigan would beat them. Yeah. You know, John Cooper had great teams, but he didn't approach that rivalry as it should be approached. And sure enough, Michigan would always ruin their and that season. that all changed when uh, the guy from... Uh, Trestle got there. Trestle. Trestle got there. And, and his said, first year, doesn't he beat Miami? Uh, no, that was his second year. Fiesta Bowl? We had Fiesta Bowl, yeah. The but guy he, that can't stay out of jail was his running back. Oh, Cl- Cl- Maurice Claret. Maurice Claret, yeah. I think he finally got his act together. Did he? Okay. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, he was in trouble. The Youngstown boys. Yeah, yeah he was in trouble for a long time. Boys. Tried to go pro after one year. It's like, dude, you're not even that good. And then who followed him? Was that Urban Meyer? Uh, well, yeah, there was one year where it was Luke Fickle for one year, then Urban Mars. So, you know, you got to give Ohio State credit. They always get good coaches. Jesus, there. man, they get Now they get this Ryan Day. He's tremendous. He's unbelievable. He's good, too. They just, uh, they have some great high school football. Yeah. They do. They're one, they're one program, probably in the, uh, the north, that could sustain just recruiting in their own state. Yeah. They really, they really have great recruiting in, in Ohio. Yeah, they're amazing. Um, yeah, so my 
my underrateds would be uh, Harvard, Yale. You know, it's like those students get so into that yeah. rivalry. Did you ever see the 30 for 30 on Harvard? Harvard beat Yale 29-29. It was a tie. And it was such a robbery because Yale was, you know, up by a lot and they were ranked. Right. And Harvard tied them, so that was their victory. No, I didn't. Yeah, that's, that's, a, awesome. that's one of ESPN. That's a good one. Yeah, see, and it that's ends a great in a tie. rivalry. I'm not, yeah. you know, it's like... Football's football to me. Yeah. Like, I, I just love football. Yeah, exactly. I mean, I, you know, there's an obscure high school football game. I'm going to watch it. That's know? a good one. Yeah. That's a good one. For me, underrated, and it, it's a shame that it seems like it's going away, it's all the big five. The big five basketball. Uh, I grew yeah. up going down to the Palestra watching big five. And they were great rivalries. Bill Nova you know? blew that up, man. You know, yeah, LaSalle, Temple, uh, St. Joe, and Nova, and anybody who played Penn because uh, Palestra's their home court. Great, great rivalries. You ask any Temple grad, Hey, what do you think about Nova winning a championship? And hate you would it. think they're going to say, yeah, they hate it. You'd think, well, they're from Philly. We love it. They hate, hate it because it's a rivalry. I love the big five and the old rivalry. And I missed the streamers after the first uh, bucket, you know? You know what? Remember when they said, all right, we're going to stop this, and they started with the technical foul, mm -hmm. and they were like, still, throw out and, streamers. And both teams agreed to miss the, the, the free throw. It was a great tradition. Oh, oh come man. on. So, that so was the, one of the greatest traditions in sports. There's like, a picture. I, I guess it was down at Fletcher I saw where it was like all the streamers are going. just, yeah. And they hadn't hit the ground yet. It was like a snowstorm. It was It great. was awesome. To live through that and be there for a doubleheader and, uh, and be a part of that was uh, awesome. It was. It was great. All right. So um, switch it up. Best TV characters. Oh, a lot of good TV characters. So, uh, you know, I... You gotta go with Kramer. Kramer's like Kramer's one of the a best, great one. Yep. Yeah. One of the best TV characters. Yeah. You and I agree on this one yesterday. What's that? Omar. Omar from, from the Wire. Wire. Omar. Omar's coming. They're dropping their money and their drugs to Just Omar. To, you know, he stole you, the show. He did, man. It was like, you know, if you could have done without, but I get why they put this, you know, the whole thing in there. But I could have done without his little love scenes and you yeah, know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But. God, he was awesome. Just that he was out for revenge. He was awesome. He, he was, was such great. a great character. When he got killed at the end, I mean, I was so sad. Like, no, not Omar. But he was a great uh, By character. the way, spoiler alert for anybody. Spoiler alert. Sorry if you haven't watched The Wire. <laughs> Omar is awesome, though. Uh, and then the same character or actor played a similar guy in The Boardwalk Empire. Boardwalk Empire, He played Empire, Chalky. Yeah. I forget the actor's name. Great, great actor. Uh, then, you know, Sopranos, there's a couple of them. You had mentioned Paulie Walnuts. He, again, I'm another favorite. guy. He's hilarious. Just so hilarious. Like, after Christopher died and he, the, 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 cat, the cat keeps staring at him and he shoes him with a broom. There's something wrong with that cat. And, Christopher uh, Montesante. Christopher Montesante. And then there's, you know, even yeah. in there you have Bobby Bacala. <laughs> Bobby liked to play with his trains in the garage. Here's a mobster whacking people and he's playing with his train set. <laughs> Yeah, I loved Bobby. He was like a good guy. Like, how did he become a mobster? What a, you see, like somebody you'd have as your neighbor. Hi, Bobby, you know. Yeah, yeah, I gotta yeah. go whack somebody. All right, see you when you get back, Bob. Was he with Tony's sister? At the end, yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She was like the Black Widow. Everybody <laughs> oh, she dated, Tony usually killed, except uh, yeah. Bobby. Um, another great character from way back in the day, Bob Newhart. He was so good, oh, they made God. a drinking game out of Bob, Bob Newhart. Hi, Bob, Bob, hi, Bob. Bob. Greatest straight man you're ever gonna see. Had the sad sack look, and everyone else would make the jokes, and he would just have that straight, straight face. And here's another one I thought about, and you, you'll like this guy from a movie. Mary Tyler Moore Show, Ted Knight. Ted. Hey, Lou, Lou, Lou. And then he was great in, in Caddyshack. Uh, Caddyshack. Ted Knight was awesome. He was great, and he was like, all right, Ted, whatever, man. You know, the world needs more ditch diggers. That's right, that's right. <laughs> You'll get nothing and like it. He gives him a quarter, he tips him a quarter. There you go. Thanks, Eric. Judge Schmales. How about Paulie a fresca? I just, Paulie Walnuts is still one of my favorite characters. Oh, Paulie Walnuts is great. And then there's so many other shows. You could go Game of Thrones with Jon Snow. Oh, yeah, and yeah. You, we talked about villains last week. How about Ramsey? Wait. Ramsey Bolton. He was a bad guy. Game of Thrones had so many good characters. So many good characters. Who's the one guy, you know, he's in like the final, second to last episode. Talking about Bronn? Where he fights Mountain. Who was that guy? Uh, he fights Mountain. Yeah, it was the guy, and he, he was the guy that uh, looked after, um, oh, come on, he was the, the big dude. He had the long, uh, he was huge. Oh, oh, you're talking about his brother. Yeah. His brother was the mountain, 
And, um, oh my God, how come I forgetting? But he fights guys? the mountain. Yeah. They were brothers. And yeah. he took him into the fire. Yes. He hated his own brother. Yes. He had like the burn mark yes, on his face. Exactly. Oh Christ, how can I forget his name? I forget his name too. Oh my God, yeah. The Hound. The Hound. The Hound. That's he it. was awesome. What a great He was character. great. And then he looked after a uh, little, uh, what's her name? Aria. And, and the best character was the dwarf. <laughs> oh, my God. He was, the, the opening scene, the first time you see him, he's getting blown in a whorehouse. You remember that? Yes. In the, he's the always episode. drinking. He was always he's from drinking. Jersey, that guy. Oh, is he? Yeah, he's from Jersey. He's a great character. You know, we went to high school. I mean, you remember our junior year. Yes. Danny yeah. Wood. Uh, Danny Woodburn. Yeah, he went, he became the guy uh, on Seinfeld. What was he on Seinfeld? Mickey. Mickey on Mickey. Seinfeld. Yeah. What well, a thing is on uh, on uh, Seinfeld. He has a scratchy voice. Hey Kramer, what's up? But I mean, in real life, he had a very squeaky voice. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, Do you remember him at lunchtime where he literally would go through and smack the girls' butts? No. And no. then <laughs> and the cookies. He would steal the cookies. Oh, I knew the Janet. Well, the, you know, in my junior year, I was on crutches half the year. Yeah. So, you know, in Abington, you, you, you know, there was all those stairs. So they gave me a key to the elevators, which normally were only used by the janitors to transport, like, the trash up and down. So one day I'm going to try the thing with him because they gave him a key. And he was showing me how to stop it in between floors and all that stuff. And all the janitors hated him. They're like, that little bastard is stopping the elevator, and he's doing this, and it was a bell to ring, and he'd ring it. And he'd he was such a prankster, man. He was, and they hate that little bastard's doing this and that. I'm like, I didn't want to tell him. It was me, too. <laughs> he taught me how to do it. He's a good dude, man. You know who he, he was? Uh, Oki, Steve Okabayashi. I talked to Oki about three or four months ago. Oh, did you really? Good guy. Uh, one of my neighbors over here is really good friends. He went to Abington and graduated a year ahead of us uh -huh. um, with Patty. Yeah, he lives right in the next block over here. Okay. He lives in the cul-de-sac, right? You can see his house from here. Okay. Um, but I was talking to him the one night because Luke was hanging around his son, and uh, yeah, we're, we were talking. He's like, "Yeah, I went to Abington too," and and uh, he's like, ah, "You know who went to high school?" And we were talking about that. Here, he's really good friends with Oki too. Oh, is he a Rossin boy? This guy? Because Oak's from Rossin. He's I like think, three blocks from me. Uh, he was friends, really good friends with Mary that we graduated with. Uh, Mary Hughes? So, Mary, he, there was a so Mary he must Hughes? have lived yeah. near, he lived near Dave. Dave? Uh, who? Uh, uh, Rossum. Oh, Dave's a boy too. He lived down by the, uh, the park, Rossum Park. Yeah, okay. So okay. that's where this guy lives, somewhere down there. Oh, what's his name? God, I can't think of it. Um, Sue would know. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> I ask him. Yeah, ask him if he knows me and Patty. Bob. Uh, okay. I just don't want Bob to say, hey, Bob. Hey, Bob. Yeah. What about Bob? Drink. Drink. Bob Newhart. <laughs> I gotta get another. Um, Alright. So, that was good TV characters. I still yeah. pull my favorite Polly Walnuts. I'm gonna, I'm gonna have to Polly read. I gotta read my one of my favorite Polly Walnuts quotes. He's talking to Tony. He's like, amazing thing about snakes is they reproduce spontaneously. They have both male and female sex organs. That is why if you see someone you don't like, you call them a snake. Because they can literally go fuck themselves. <laughs> I'm like, oh my god! You could just see Polly Walnut. Yeah, you yeah. had some good Polly quotes. Oh my god! Yeah, he's he's a funny the dude. The cats. <laughs> funny dude. You know, out of all the guys on The Sopranos, he really was a mobster. Yeah. I and know. he really did go to jail. Yeah. There was another one. There was two of them on the show that were really. Oh really? Wrong. Yeah. There was another one. I can't remember. Because they used to always have them on. Uh, uh, what's his name? He used to always have them on on the radio. Yeah. Um, all right, let's see what's up next. Uh, best player still not in the Hall of Fame. Oh, that's a shame. And yeah. by the way, I don't know if this guy, you mentioned him earlier. I don't know if he's in the Hall of Fame yet. Who's that? Your uh, Larry Christensen connection guy. Larry, oh, no, he is. Jeff Bagwell. He went in two years ago. Oh, did he? he finally went in. Yes, he did. Okay. Yep, yep, yep. But mine, I thought he was a snub there for a while. No, no, he actually got in. Well, you know, everybody, he played during the steroid era, so everybody's under suspicion. You know, he had all the right numbers, but, you know... Who's the other guy that played with him in Houston? Biggio. Yeah. Biggio, sort of as a catcher, moved to uh, no. second, put no, him I'm in the after. about the guy who's dead. Oh, Ken Caminetti? Yeah. Who did steroids. He won an MVP. That's it. And then admitted that he did steroids, and he said, I'd do it again. He won yeah. the MVP. Well, what? Fuck yeah. it. I mean, if I, if I was a professional athlete back then, the money that was being handed out, oh, yeah. and you needed that edge, it's like, you watch Lance Armstrong, that whole thing, and it's like... You wanted that edge. And fuck it, I believe all these guys should belong in the Hall of Fame, personally. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Um, so, literally, steroid guys, Barry Bonds should be in the Hall of Fame, Mark McGuire should be in the Hall of Fame, and Clemens should be in the Hall of Fame. Okay. End of story. Uh, 
One of the guys that I, I always think about is, you know, baseball, we keep going to baseball. Baseball is magic numbers. You know, 500 homers, 3,000 hits, 300 wins, 4,000 strikeouts. And it was a guy who, who was this close, 493 homers, Fred McGriff. Oh, yeah. I mean, he used to have a hitting uh, video where he would teach you how to hit. And he was a heck Grand of dog. a ball player. Crime dog. He, he, everywhere he went, he was really good. Now, he had to suffer, just like a lot of guys, through that strike-shortened season. He would easily hit seven more homers. I think if he had gotten a 500, he would have been in by now. But he's getting overlooked. And he was a heck of a good ball player. Right. He was always, you know, and he played in big games. He played when Atlanta beat the, uh, who they beat to win the championship in 95? I forget. But they, it might have been Cleveland. It was Cleveland. And so he's got a ring, and, you know, he's, he's got all the right numbers. It's just... For whatever reason, they overlook him. Uh, another guy in football is, and I can't believe he's not in there, Jim Marshall, part of the Purple People that. Eaters. Guy played for 20 years, and for a long time he owned the Iron Man thing, where he played in the most consecutive games. I think Favre broke it. Guy had, you know, when he retired, was like the fourth leading sack leader at the time. Tremendous ball player. I mean, you ask anybody who played against him, yeah, he's, he's, he's good for whatever reason. He, and it's See, not like, like he was the, a bad guy either. No, and, and that, that Vikings team was incredible. They went to four just, Super Bowls, three out of four years they went at one point. And it's just one of those things you just matched up against. I mean, they, they were great. Great they, defense. They ended up the three years they went in Super Bowl, what was it, 8, 9, and 11, they played against some of the greatest teams, the Dolphins of the 70s, Steelers of the 70s, and the Raiders of the 70s. Three of the best teams ever. Yeah. And they just got manhandled because they had all had big, aggressive offensive lines. And it was like the Bills. So the Bills go down as one of the best teams in history if he doesn't go wide right there. Scott Norwood doesn't kick that ball wide right. Yeah, yeah. They go down as, what did they go, four straight Super Bowls? Four straight. Four they would go down as one of the greatest yeah. football teams in history. Yeah. They still were. Yeah. I mean, Jim Kelly, I mean, you know, uh, Andre Bryson, you, you think Thurman about, Thomas. You think about some of these teams who lost in Super Bowls, and I, I think their players also suffered. Like the Steelers won excuse me, and all their players for the most part are in the Hall of Fame, but some of the losing teams like the Cowboys lost to the Steelers Super Bowl 10 and 13. A couple of this uh, uh, What's the guy's name? Jackie Jackie Smith. Jackie Smith. He dropped, dropped the ball it. in the end zone. So a lot of their guys Poor aren't guy. in there. You think about Drew Pearson who caught yeah. the Hail Mary from Roger Staubach not in there. Cliff Harris was a long time uh, safety. He got beat up by Jack Lambert because he tapped the what's his name on the head after missing a field goal but he was a heck of a good ball player. Charlie Waters not in there, you know? How come some of these guys is it because wow. they lost to their rival in the Super Bowl, the the Vikings because they lost four Super Bowls, you know? Wow. So yeah, there's a, there's quite a few guys that you're you know, like, hey, why, why aren't these guys in there? And then I thought, uh, I my whole thing with baseball, uh, it's baseball, but uh, Tommy John, <laughs> they got an operation named after him, and he's got about 275, 280 wins. Right. And that reminds me of our boy Jim Cox. Jim who's got about 280 I wins. I can't believe Jim Cat's not in the Hall of Fame. Not in the Hall of Fame. Great announcer. When he was at his, his peak in the 60s for Minnesota, he was their number one pitcher. And when they went in the World Series, he'd pitch against Sandy Koufax or Bob Gibson or whomever. He was their number one guy. And then he blew out his arm, and then he continued. He came back as a reliever. He helped out St. Louis. I saw something on St. Louis where they picked him up, and he said, listen, I'll eat up innings to rest up the bullpen. And he did have a long career, but he wasn't—he was no longer a starter. He wasn't earning saves or victories, he, and he did contribute. But I mean, this guy was really, really good. I think he's going to eventually go as a broadcaster because he's a great, unbelievable broadcaster. broadcaster. Great bro bro broadcaster. My dad and I would go to every time. My dad's big thing was like, you know, he'd come home from work, whatever, you know, and he'd say, "Look, let's go. We're going to the game. Jim Cott's pitching tonight." Twenty half hours. Two and a half. It was like an hour and 20 minutes. This guy was like unbelievable. And, you know, you're a little kid. Baseball was long, right? Oh, yeah. I love baseball. I yeah. would like, you know, because my dad was a coach, so it was like I every pitch, yeah. I sat on everything. All I was doing was learning, you know. Yeah. And then we go up there. All right, so where we left off before the temperature overrode my device, I was talking about Jim Cott. Yep. And uh, best players not in the Hall of Fame. Correct. And, um, yeah, so you brought up Jim Cott. Mm -hmm. I started to tell the story of my dad and I going to the game with yeah. Jim Cott. And, uh, my God, he was just, like, uh, the fastest pitcher. It was awesome. But yeah. 50 cents to get in, 250 for my dad. That's it. And then we just moved down as the game would go on. I was always, oh, yeah, there's tons and, of seats. And those ushers were always, like, they see the, a dad and their 
in that sun, you know, and it was always like, come on, come down here. Yeah. My favorite is another guy that's not in the Hall of Fame. Favorite story, my dad and I are walking into the uh, Phillies game one time. Again, you know, we don't have tickets yet. And this guy's like, hey, uh, you get tickets for tonight's game or whatever? And uh, my dad and I are like, uh, you know, yeah, my dad's like, doesn't want to, he thinks he's a scalper. Like, no, yeah, we're fine. It's like, look, these are really good seats. He's like, I'm going to give them to you. Dad's like, oh, what do you got there? And he's like, yeah, well, my buddy's the catcher for the Cardinals. You know, we went to. Simmons? Yes. He just got in, too. Did he get in? Finally got in. He was a great player, yeah. Yeah, so it was his fraternity brother. So all his frat brothers. I don't know where he went to college. But yeah. all his frat brothers were there. He must have went somewhere in this area or something. Get out of here, really. Yeah, I don't Great know. Great ball player. But, all his, but it was, and these seats were unbelievable. Nice. Unbelievable. And it was like from that moment on, he became one of my favorite players. Ted Simmons. Here's another guy from football. You know, How not, the hell did you know it was going to be Ted Simmons? I, I, I don't know. I just had a year saying catcher, and I was like, you know, what great, great catcher was borderline. And he was great. He was a switch hitter. Yeah. Started with the Cardinals. They traded to Milwaukee. He did great at Milwaukee. And you know, like I said, baseball is a numbers game, and he was just on the fence. And there's so many guys, especially baseball, on the fence. And if they would have just gotten that 500 homers or 3,000 hits, there would be no question about it. You know, uh, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go football now. For a couple guys, I grew up as a little kid as a Raider fan. Jack Tatum. Why the hell is he not in the Hall of Fame? I just every great safety whoever played. And you ask him who they imitate. Jack Tatum. Absolutely. Now there was Andre one incident Waters. where he hit Stingley. Okay, fine. Other than that, why isn't he not in the Hall? He was awesome. Then here's another guy who has the same about the same numbers, if not better numbers, as a wide receiver for then Lin Swan, Cliff Branch. Has the same numbers, if not better, than Cliff, you know, is Cliff Branch. Won three Super Bowls. Why Cliff Branch is great. Jim Plunkett, not in the Hall of Fame. Great hands. Cliff Branch had great hands. Great. Very fast. Speed kills. Yeah. So, Jim Plunkett's not in there. Tom Flores is a coach, won two Super Bowls. Bolitnikov's in, right? What's that? Bolitnikov's in. Bolitnikov is in, yeah. 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 He had such great numbers. I was there. Have you ever been to the Hall of Fame? Can Never. You? I'd love to go. It's pretty cool. It's a little. It's a little. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I had a thing out there for work, and I was like, we're passing. I'm like, Look, can we go to the whole thing? I'm like, all right. It's like 20 yeah. bucks. And yeah, I'd love to the, go there and Cooperstown. I heard that's awesome. Cooperstown yeah. is awesome. Never I, mean, been, I was yeah. there really young. I think I was like 13, 14 years old. Yeah. Went to Cooperstown. But. Cool. All right, off sports for a second. Greatest toys from your childhood. Oh, I got some great ones. Uh, what was that little football thing? Coleco? Was that Coleco? <laughs> Me and my brother used to play that late night. Our parents would put us to bed, and we'd be handing it back and forth between each other, and they'd hear, what's going on in there? And we, that was the one thing I could never beat my older brother in anything. That was the one thing I could beat him in. It was handheld electronics. It was great. It was like they had football, baseball, basketball, and soccer were like the same. Yeah, base, I had the baseball and the football one. But the football yeah. one was the most awesome. And then another one I still we have had. all of them. I used to keep them at the old house. I used to keep them in the bed. I have them, but they don't work. They might all still work. But uh, another one that uh, we had. Remember the cheat, though? The, the football oh, cheat? Oh, of course. That's how I won. Was it like down, 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 yeah, down? Yeah, you like throw no, the back. ball and up, throw the ball and up, and you'd pick yes. up 20 yards at a time. And as long as you had a second on the clock and didn't get tackled, you were fine. And that's how I always beat him. Like you're cheating. I'm like I'm winning. <laughs> and you then the other do, thing, you could go, you could throw like an 80 yard bomb. Oh yeah. And it would just go. It would go page, page, page. Oh man, that's the only way I could beat him. And then the other one we had was the uh, the bubble hockey. And I to this day, if I played him right now, he'd beat me. But I mean the hockey, and you yeah. had the guys with the uh, the little pulls, pulleys. You'd pull yeah. them back and forth, and the the puck, you'd, and then you, oh my god, and you drop the thing in the crowd. It was, yeah, yeah, yeah. If I played him right now, I couldn't beat him. The little slot hockey. But yeah, and then, yeah. You know, the front guy went up. And yep, yeah, he kind of went on a corner. And there, yeah. yeah. And and that was great. I would always stick my goalie right in the middle. Whatever happens, happens. Yeah, I just kind of just But if you were close enough, the middle guy could, could whack the goalie out of the way. <laughs> yeah, well, if you figured it out, and uh, I obviously didn't figure it out over him, but he beat me. That, two of my greatest ones were there. My favorite was uh, the, the little... Balsa wood airplanes. Yeah, with the, with the propeller and the yep. rubber band. The Always ended up on somebody's roof. <laughs> Always <laughs> wind them up and just, <laughs> you know, they were or, awesome. Or how about evil Knievel? You pump them up, <laughs> and then let them go. He jump over something. 
Then he ended up coming up with a, a parachute after he did the Snake River or something Snake, like that. Snake River Canyon. I don't know where that is. Idaho or something like that. Uh, I have no idea. Idaho. I think it's in Idaho. Snake River Canyon. Yeah. And he tried to jump that thing. He made it. And then the parachute came out and the rocket and he floated back down and landed. I think he landed in the river. How did that guy live so long? All the broken bones he used oh to have. Oh my God. That guy was... Wild World of Sports though. Remember? It was like you, you just playing your day around. You didn't have, I didn't have cable. Yeah, you playing your day around Wild World of Sports. And Wild World of Sports, yeah. And Evil Knievel. Evil Knievel. He was, he, was, he was a crash test dummy before they had crash oh test dummies, that guy. I love him. Uh, Wild Evil World Knievel. of Sports was awesome. It was awesome. You know, every so often they would have... The thrill of victory. The agony of defeat. <laughs> they would have like that odd sport too. You know, we yeah. talked about... Um, the ping pong. The Irish curling. Irish curling, yeah. You know? Yeah. And it was like, oh, they're going to have Irish curling. Those guys would beat that shit. Each other. <laughs> that was awesome. And they would give you the background. This all started back in the 1600s, and they yeah. were like, "All right, here, let's get it on." Wild World Sports was great, and, and they had like, great boxing on too. Great boxing. They used to have the, the uh, Muhammad Ali fights. Yeah. I don't know if they were back then. I don't know. I, yeah. It was like cool for me to watch. I don't know if yeah. it was like it happened a week before or whatever. Yeah. But like to me, I was watching a lot. Yeah, and then they'd have anybody who who made it in the Olympics, like Sugar Ray Leonard. They'd Their follow him fights. right. His first, like, 10, 15 professional fights, which are awesome to watch. Yeah. You know, the Spinks brothers, when they came out of the Olympics, Spinks. you watched those guys a lot. Weren't they all in 76 Olympics? Spinks? Those guys, there's two Spinks. Michael Sugar, Leon, Sugar Ray Leonard. Yep, and then there was a couple other guys. Telefilo Stevenson. He was Cuban guy. I know. And he won, yeah. like, and then Ali always wanted to fight him. He goes, he, I'll go down there, I'll kick his ass. <laughs> Ali wanted to fight everybody. He won, like, three straight Olympic heavyweights. Yeah, yeah, because he kept coming back, kept coming, because I'll go down there, I'll beat him up. Because the Olympics were like, what, a three-round fight? Yeah, yeah. And you win most of the time on points. Meanwhile, Ali's fighting 15 rounds. Oh, yeah. They don't even do that today. Yeah, yeah. It's insane. Like, UFC is insane today. These guys fight. Yeah. The championship fights, you think about it, five-minute rounds, five five-minute rounds. Are they five-minute rounds? Really? Five five-minute rounds. Oh, my God. You, you ever hit a speed bag or a heavy bag for three it's minutes? Exhausting. After, like, 30 seconds, you're dead. And you're like, how, how much time went by? 30 seconds. Oh, shit, I got two more minutes. They're wrestling, they're grappling. They're wrestling, they're, they're kicking, they're doing everything, yeah. yeah. It's yeah. like, God, they're unbelievable athletes. Yes. Yeah. I mean, what's the lifespan of them? Six years, maybe? Who the hell knows? You know? Yeah. And you, you got to It's still relatively new. It's kind of cool, though, that that's one sport where you can lose something, freak accident, like uh, Conor McGregor loses, right? He's like, comes out, he's lost a couple of times, but it's yeah. like, can still be considered one of the best in the world. Yeah, he's a big draw. John Jones, you know, it's like, I, I love UFC, man. Yeah. ESPN was smart getting, getting involved with that. Um, I, the last topic I have for us for today is uh, best memorable movie lines. Uh, well, I mean, you go to any great movie, they're going to have a great line. Yeah. So, of course, last week I was watching a lot of The Godfather, which is loaded with great lines. You know, of course, you know, make him an offer he can't refuse. Luca Brazzi sleeps with the fishes. Leave the gun. Grab the cannolis. You know, great, great lines. Hey, Sonny's going to the mattresses already. So there's one and two had a lot of lines, right? Mm -hmm. uh, keep your friends close and your enemies closer. That was, that was actually in three. Two. That was in That's three. Two, wasn't it? That was three. Okay. Yeah, so great lines. You know, then Arnold Schwarzenegger, he was full of lines, you know. I'll be back. Or what happened to Sally? I had to let him go. <laughs> or here's one from Jaws. We need a bigger boat. By the way, like that Terminator movie, was that the only line he had in that movie? He didn't speak much, did he? Right. Sarakana. That's about all he said. <laughs> and you know what? That's the best thing for Arnold. Don't talk much, just look <laughs> tough <laughs> and kill somebody. <laughs> and every once in a while, say a cliche line and you're good. Hey, you won an Oscar. Don't say anything. How about Cool Hand Luke? Cool Hand Luke. What we have, what, here. What we have here is a failure to communicate, kid. That's a great one. That Very is a good. good old school movie that that's holds a, its test. That, of that's one of my one of my favorites. Is cool you know movie. he's a that's Paul Newman. Paul Newman's that's terrific. A, aces in that movie. Oh yeah. You know, Paul Newman had some good movies, right? I mean, The Sting. Yep. Right. Um, Paul Newman. Uh, Cat on a Hot Tin Roof. Uh, the Hustler, him and Jackie uh, Gleason as he's the pool player. Oh, yeah, and then Fast Eddie. Uh, Sundance Kid, right? Butch Cassidy. Butch Cassidy and Sundance Kid, yeah. yeah. Paul Newman. 
on Uma was underrated. the man. Dude, that's some he man. is the man. I don't know if he's underrated. He was freaking he good. Is, and yeah. then he was in another one where he was a lawyer. He's in a couple of good ones. Uh, Without Malice. Um, the, the Verdict, where he was a lawyer. Wow. Oh, tremendous movie. Him and Jan- he's going against James Mason. Great, great movie. Wow. So, um, yeah. And then here's, a, here's another one uh, from The Shining. Here's Johnny. <laughs> that movie's insane. Well, I'm yes, a, it is. I'm not a big fan of his his books. Uh, who's that guy? He's from uh, Stephen King. Stephen King. Yeah, I'm not a big fan of his books, but that movie's incredible. I mean, it's bizarre. Well, he also did uh, Shawshank Redemption. That was Stephen King? Stephen King wrote that. Yep. He also did Stand By Me. Right, he doesn't bye. do nothing but horror. He does other things that you don't know it's him. Uh, Stand By Me, horror, that was a... That wasn't really a horror movie. No, it wasn't They're a horror movie. They're going to see a dead body. But. They're going to see a dead body, and actually the book is called something like that, A Dead Body or something like that. And okay. They changed it. But, I mean, he wrote, wrote things. That was nothing about being a dead. That was about a young, bunch of young kids. Growing up. Uh, growing and, up. Yeah, you know exactly. what I mean? Doing the things you did back then. Yeah. yeah. You know? Um, so. Show me the money. Show me the money. Yeah, that's right. That's, that's right. If you think about it today, you know, it kind of let you in on the whole agent thing and how they, how squealy they are. You know, that movie, Jerry Maguire, kind of yeah. exposed that whole thing, like agents, yeah. and they'll tell the athlete what they want to hear, and it's like, they really didn't care about him. Jerry Maguire, the whole premise behind him is he cared. Yeah. Right? He cared too and much. And that's why he cared too much. Yeah. And or how about Adrian? Frank Cushman. Frank Cushman. Was that the name of the quarterback? Frank Cushman. The Cush. Cush. And, the, and I forget who the guy was that played the other agent, but... Uh, Jay Moore. Jay Moore. We talk about Weasley Rolls. He was a Weasley Roll. Weasley Roll. Weasley Roll, yeah. That was a Weasley Roll. You can't handle the truth. That's a great one. There's your boy right there. You can't handle the truth. That's right. Oh, man. I got too much of uh, Tom Cruise in here. uh, That's right. That wasn't him. You two characters are going to Top Gun. (laughs) (laughs) I can't wait for the new Top Gun. I've got to be honest. Oh, God. What the hell are they going to do? Top Gun or Old Gun? Doesn't matter. It's kind of cool. Concept. That's right. That's um, right. Is it Goose's kid or what is the whole? I have of? no idea. I have no idea. Yeah, but he's in. You know, obviously he's the instructor. Right. And uh, I just I'm looking forward to it. They did postpone that because of this whole COVID. Bullshit. And here's another line, Clint Eastwood. Go ahead, make my day. I gotta look up some lines here. Oh my God, Clint Eastwood. He comes in, the guys are robbing him, he goes, you don't think we're going to let you go? And the guy's like, who's we, sucker? Me, Smith, and Wesson. <laughs> in all the excitement, I lost count how many times I shot. It might have been four. It might have been five. It may have been six. But what you got to think about is, I've got a Magnum, three fifty-seven in my hand, and did I use them all? It could blow your head. No. Go ahead. Make my day. <laughs> Hasta la vista, baby. Hasta la vista, baby, yeah. Surely you can't be serious. Yes, I am. Don't call me Shirley. Stop calling me Shirley. That's right. Oh, my God. That guy has a ton of lines, too. That's a good one, man. So, anyway, uh, that's all I got for this week. I think we got... Jesus, we got about 50-some minutes worth. So, we'll see how this one turns out. Yeah, okay. We'll piece it together and hopefully... Oh, we gotta get, I gotta get Susie to take a picture of us. All right. So, all right. Until next time.